1: Get a
2: gun. Hello and welcome to Slam Fire Radio. This is episode 309 for June 20th, 2019. I am one of your hosts, Adriel. And I am Random Dave, your other random host this evening. The other random host. And uh, all the other guys are uh, at a cowboy action shooting match, I believe, is, uh, is what they said
1: they were going to be at. Was it the cross-dressing cowboy action shoot? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. very good! Excellent. Yeah. yeah, Trevor does look fetching in a in a ball gown.
2: You can get him in that size, and uh, yeah, surprising, but uh, it's a terrible, it's a terrible great. thought. <laughs> you have to—they have to be very durable, wouldn't they? I you know, like, yeah, make do with squats and or something, tactical shooting and whatnot.
1: They do that in cowboy action. I thought they just stood around and talked. <laughs> Last well, one I went
2: to. Yeah. That's pretty much what they did. <laughs> yeah, they need clothes that are very uh, uh, black powder repellent. I think. Yeah. And uh, I don't, I'm, I'm really talking on my butt here. I have no idea. I've seen it a couple times. It looked fun. Uh, it's not my thing
1: it did look fun and i actually seriously thought about going out because some of them have a i can't remember what they call it but it's like a wild wild bunch or something where you can actually you could use a 1911 because technically it's old enough so you could use your 1911 wear jeans and a colored shirt and hat and we
2: go i think if as long as you wore like a full denim outfit it should be fine right kind of like that britney spears justin timberlake picture from the 90s where they're both wearing full jean outfit like that plus a 1911 good enough very classy
1: That is just as horrifying as the thought of Trevor in a ball gown. (laughs) That was a terrible photo. That
2: was horrible. Oh, it is terrible. All right, why don't we? uh, Why don't we get into the show here? Uh, What we did in guns this week is brought to you by the Calgary Shooting Center, Canada's premier firearms retailer. Right now, they have the Desert Tech A2 chassis in stock. They've also got tons of Zev Glock parts and Lab radars in stock. Uh, Dave, did you want to start us off with what you did in guns this week?
1: Um. Well. Yeah, um, I was going to say that since Trevor isn't here, that's the show for the evening. Thanks for coming in, folks.
2: <laughs> we got to go straight into upcoming event. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's it. We're done. It will be a much shorter show with Trevor not here. Um, so what I do this week, um, I went to the GAT show last week, and uh, that was pretty cool, um, some friends of mine, luckily my car was dead, but some friends of mine with, from town here happened to be going, so they chauffeured me, so I could certainly get used to being chauffeured about. And that was rather
2: relaxing and nice. It's good for um, the environment. <laughs> just <laughs> use that <laughs> excuse. Hey, guys, I'm looking. I just want to save the environment. Can one of you guys drive? Yes, I need my, a man. My, my, car, my car is a blight on the environment. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, we took his pickup truck, so I think uh, my, my dead VW would have been a better, uh, more environmentally sound choice but we wouldn't have gotten there which probably would have been very environmentally sound but Hmm. there wouldn't have been any shooting if we had done that so we went down to the gat show so it was uh got the vip package which included uh really nothing worth spending time on but uh at least i got my name in for a gun draw which i wasn't really explained to me how it works so i don't think i want a gun but i don't know the uh the show was cool. There were a lot of uh, a lot of people there. We went on Friday, so it was quieter than I expect it was on Saturday or Friday evening. We were there Friday morning first thing.
2: Well, it's, the best, it's the best there. to get there early anyways, because that's when all the deals are still <laughs> around, right? You got to scoop those up before everyone else does.
1: Absolutely. So, took a look around. There were a bunch of vendors there. Um, they're on the website. I can't remember. Everybody was there. But uh, Black Bear Tactical was there. Black Bear Gear was there. And uh, our friends from Ragnarok Tactical were there. hmm So picked up a children's ABCs of Guns book, which was a lot of fun. (laughs) Yeah, I think I've seen those. And picked up a plate carrier from Andrew's Beard. Got to hang out with Andrew's Beard, which was awesome as always. If you have never run your fingers through Andrew's Beard, if you see him in a match, make sure you run your fingers through his beard. It's experience (laughs) worthy of everything. Um, So there are a bunch of vendors there, a ton of guns, a ton of gear, a ton of scopes. There were some good deals on things, took a look around. Like There were some scopes that were a couple hundred bucks off from different vendors. Vortex was there. They had all their stuff there. That was cool. Um, the actual shooting. They had the ranges set up. They had different uh, different vendors. The NS, the uh, NFA, and the uh, CCFR were there. Mm-hmm uh my buddy that i was there with made a made a comment which i thought was pretty funny which was they both should have had lawyers standing outside their booth staring at each other that would have been (laughs) hilarious
2: Uh, very expensive just
1: stick a sign on one one of the students that they got says lawyer and just stand there and glare at each other that would have been hilarious (laughs) but uh, my buddy did walk by the nfa and then say oh i'm sorry i thought you were the ccfr and then walked off (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he did the same thing to the cfcfr but the guy there had no sense of humor and didn't understand what he was saying but i laughed oh well that's what counts so we did manage to give no money for ammunition to the nfa we waited until somebody else showed up with the same guns that we wanted to shoot so that made me happy uh fired a 50 cal fired a scorpion evo fired a bunch of pistols um uh, the 50 cal bolt gun was good that was uh k uh, K-X?
2: Ooh. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Very, very fancy schmancy and complete waste at hundred yards, but it was very loud. It was a baffled range. So you pulled the trigger and the, the world ended. <laughs> <clears throat> so it was pretty awesome. There was a huge lineup for the 50 cals. Of course, everybody wanted to fire those. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there were probably a couple hundred people. We were there, uh, some confusion from the vendors. Cause the way it worked was you went and you got a ticket for ammunition so you picked which caliber you wanted. They had a list of all the calibers and the guns at the different ranges as you walked by. So we went by the ranges, figured out what we wanted, and then wandered around asking people where we bought ammunition. Because mm-hmm. nobody knew, including the vendors that were there. They're like, I don't know. You have to figure it out. Let us know how that works. So it was bad comms from the, uh, from the event organizers. We could have asked, I guess, when we walked in, but figured it would have been fairly obvious. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of weird. You walked in, you went down to the... There was sort of a vendor's tent, and then you walked through the vendor's tent, and then the ranges went off to either side of the vendor's tent. And me, I would have put the ammo, like, right there. They didn't. They put the ammo at the far left side of the range, and you could see the sign, but I kind of missed it because there was a lot of other stuff going on. Mm -hmm. So once we figured that out, we went and bought ammo. It was... Like generally, a buck to two bucks a shot, depending on what you're shooting. Ten bucks for the uh, fifty cal's, but yeah. you're shooting other people's guns, so whatever, that's cool. Yeah. So we went and bought the tickets, <clears throat> and then went shot a bunch of guns, visited the vendors, and uh,
2: and wandered off. Cool. Did they have the like the ammo off to the side, maybe just to keep it out of the way, so that they could have a like a line up there or something?
1: Yeah, well, there was no probably, but they could have done that better. Like it was. Mm. It was quite a ways off to the left, so I don't know, maybe somebody who, I don't know, had better eyesight than me would have seen it. We just Mm. completely missed it. We kind of went that way, and then we went the other way, right down the range the wrong way, and then all the way back. Mm. And we uh, found somebody, one of the staff, who who told us where it was. So the staff people were all very friendly, but their comms could be a little bit better with their vendors, so everybody's on the same page and a few of the vendors commented because we went to to a few of the range said hey i want to shoot this pistol and they're like yeah we showed up and we were told we couldn't fire pistols on this range but your Hmm. sign says you can they're like yeah silverdale printed the signs too so (laughs) just bad comms maybe they had somebody printing signs who really wasn't aware of what the 1911 and 45 was like maybe somebody's husband who doesn't shoot or something was printing them i don't know but not a big deal
2: yeah you can't Um, really rely on the printers to know that stuff but yeah
1: (laughs) yeah stuff changes exactly overall it was a good event it was a lot of fun uh, worth going and the uh a couple of my buddies that i ran in down there hey andrew uh other andrew said uh that uh it was much better than last year so much better organized the comms were better less confusion so this is their second year apparently so looking forward to, uh, to year three, definitely uh, going to go.
2: Yeah. So, like, awesome. I mean, if that's, uh, if that's your second time at it, maybe there are, yeah, next one will be even better. Yep.
1: Exactly. you learn, uh, you learn a little more each time you do an event, right? Mm-hmm. So overall, not bad. I will be going back. It was definitely worth, it. it was a lot of fun. Cool. Uh, what else did I do? I put my Colt lower together. Finally, uh, that one of the guy that, uh, uh Adam that I commuted down with, who was my manservant and chauffeur for the day, Mm -hmm. bailed me out because I put the entire lower together and then went to put my buttstock on and realized, oh, yeah, collapsing buttstock, you need the stupid end cap, the end plate. That's one part I didn't have to assemble the rifle. So I'm thinking like Saturday night, oh, man, what the hell do I do? And I texted him and he's like, yeah, I got one. You can just come over and you can have it. <laughs> so he saved my ass. So thank you very much, Adam. You are awesome, both as a chauffeur and a saving of ass with spare parts kit.
2: And uh, that's uh, that's what I did. Awesome. Yeah, yeah it, it always pays. You know, uh, thinking back to like when I first got into ARs, like there were so many dumb things I did with my gun and and with buying parts and that kind of thing that would have been saved if I just knew some AR buddies. You always got to have some AR buddies, a nineteen eleven buddy, that kind of thing. That so you <laughs> exactly. can exactly get that kind of stuff
1: firearms friends with benefits. Mm. I had the thought when I, uh, when I called him, I'm like, you know what the world needs? The world needs a big database that just lists everybody's spare gun parts. And you just search for what you want and it just shows up at your house.
2: <laughs> or you meet up at the range. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well,
1: speaking, speaking of which you've got that shadow hammer that I need. So thank you.
2: Yes. You're yes. Shadow buddy. It's, with benefits. Uh, it's only semi-automatic. It's only fully semi-automatic. It's not uh, fully not semi-automatic like yours. automatic Yeah, mine, mine it, it disconnects <laughs> when you fire. Well, that's good. Hammer follow yeah. is fun, but uh, horrifying at the same time. So. Yeah. Are you going to replace the sear as well? Well, the first thing I
1: replaced was the sear, because mm-hmm. I figured that was primarily the part that was making it fully automatic. Mm-hmm. So once I replaced the sear, it was no longer fully, fully automatic. Then it was semi-fully automatic. So I'm mm. I'm getting doubles and triples right now. Uh So so. once I replaced the, I I took the gun apart again and looked at it really, really closely. And the quote unquote gunsmith that did the work uh, filed down the hammer as well as the sear and the disconnector too. So I've got a disconnector, which a guy at the op missile match just like randomly threw at me. He's like, yeah. The guy, I'm like, yeah, I'm having this problem, and blah blah blah, and I need to buy a new disconnector for it. And the guy's like, oh, hold on. He goes over to his truck and he pulls out effectively five guns in bags shadows, he shoots shadows. His backup gun is shadow. Yeah, he's an Ipsic guy. Yeah,
2: that's why. So he's got the short disconnector. The disconnector's not going to wear out on him, so he doesn't actually need it. He's just carrying that around just as just for the sake of it, right?
1: He had extra slides, put it that way. So <laughs> he basically had like. A, probably three or four guns in parts, in bags in his, in his, in his truck. So that was pretty awesome. So, uh, thank you very much, Mike. I appreciated that. And with your hammer, my gun will now be fully semi-automatic. Mm. So that'll be good for the charity. Shoot.
2: Regulation, a regulation yep. shadow,
1: yep. uh, silly laws and stuff. <laughs> and, safety. <laughs> Safe and safety, safety,
2: yep. uh, safety,
1: it will No longer be the hold my beer and watch this gun. <laughs>
2: Watch how fast I do this steel challenge. Yeah. No, (laughs) I need to reload a couple times.
1: (laughs) Yeah. went full auto on the steel challenge. And the problem is you just shoot each target 10 times. That really doesn't, it doesn't help around
2: it. (laughs) A little short three round bursts. It's just not as effective as you think it's going to be.
1: No, not on steel. No, full auto is overall quite disappointing when you actually get the chance to fire one. Like everybody's like, oh my God, full auto. And then, I mean, I've fired C8s and C7s full auto and C9s. And honestly, you fire them. The C9 is awesome because it doesn't move. Yeah. It doesn't move at all. Yeah. It I, I would say that yards full, auto,
2: full auto on a machine gun, like a proper machine gun that's made for it is a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. But on yeah. rifles and stuff, like shooting full auto rifle, it, you get off a couple shots and it's it's off target. So yeah. it's not accurate. It's just really, really close range. You're gonna put a lot of rounds into a sort of ish small
2: target. Yeah, really. subguns are cool. Tommy yeah, gun, never, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've oh never, yeah. Never fired a subgun. Oh, Tommy guns are so much fun because you—they're so controllable. The rate of fire is is, uh, is such that you can get your lean going on, and you can be just pasting a target with it.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, if I'm ever in Las Vegas, I will try that.
2: That's the place to do it.
1: Yep. Uh, anything else this week? Uh, that was everything. I've got a service rifle match at Borden on Saturday, so that's going to be fun. I'm going to be running the butts and the targetry for that for the uh, Ontario Rifle Association.
2: So, looking forward to that. And uh, that's it. Cool. Uh, what about me? Let's see here. I ordered some replacement parts that I didn't really need for my uh, one of my AR uppers and for the BCL 102. Uh, so I ended up getting I was thinking about the upper and the end on that thing. I'm like, what if what if I got a different end for it that was a lot lighter and uh, and used it for hunting this year because it's coming up pretty soon here and I might not be able to get a hunting rifle before then. Hmm. So uh, I ordered some AliExpress uh, forends, <laughs> oh, <God>. genuine <laughs> which,
1: Chineseium,
2: genuine Chineseium, which might be okay or might not. I've got so I've got a, a Chineseium end on one of my ARs. That's actually fine. It's a it's a key mod 4-end. I got it for two twenty five or thirty dollars, something like that. Uh, I've heard <laughs> some of, some of my buddies have said like, "Hey, the barrel nut will rotate out if you get a 4-end that has the little like." Locking tabs on there. It's not because it it's going to hold into the barrel nut at least. So those ones so, won't walk off. My question is, when you shoot and it starts to heat
1: up, mm-hmm. can you feel the child labor tears burning out of the metal? I guess it's plastic
2: for twenty five bucks. It's the heavy metals that you can feel leaching out onto your oh, skin. Nice, Man, nice. Heavy you metals, know, yeah. vitamin mineral, vitamin uh, vitamin mercury. Vitamin mercury, you get it all right there, all in one shot. Yeah, I mean it's uh. So I've got I've got one on on one of my ARs. It's fine. Uh, there's been nothing wrong with it at all. Uh, I would say like the M lock slots on it are a bit sharp. So when you like hold it in your hands, you're like, eh, this doesn't really feel great. But I've never cut myself on it. It just doesn't feel good. It's just kind of angly. Which so I mean, if, if you really cared about, you could just get some M lock covers, right? Yeah.
1: So the finish on it is a little. It's not finished.
2: The machining is a little bit chintzy. I would say the finish on it is even fine. The finish on it is like an anodized that's that hasn't come off after my you know three gun abuse on it. So uh, I don't care. And it was thirty bucks. So if I don't like it, I'll uh, I'll just throw it in the garbage. <laughs>
1: That's the problem with our society today. (laughs) (laughs) I shipped it all the way from China, and I'm going to look at it, use it, and throw it in the garbage.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I actually don't like it. You know, that's what I do with phone cases. (laughs) Rather than buy a phone case locally, I go, I, I buy like six of them on eBay, and I try them on. I'm like, nope, 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 and I'll just, you know, (laughs) pick the one I like. It's still cheaper than buying locally. (laughs)
1: The future's landfills will be filled with uh, (laughs) AOL CDs and Adriel's phone cases and
2: (laughs) 4Ns. Oh, AOL, yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, so that's, uh, I ordered some of those. Oh, and then. Oh, just to make you cry a little bit more, Dave. Oh, 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 this came in the mail. (laughs) So for the audio listeners, I've got a Lee Enfield 303. It's a number four. I think I haven't looked at it very closely. Just got it a couple of days ago. Number four, Mark Fugling. Yeah, number four, Mark sporterized. It's a sporterized uh, uh, Lee Enfield. Uh, uh, which that's okay. I'm gonna shoot it. Maybe I'll shoot a deer with uh, that. I just I, uh, I hey, probably it, cut the barrel down then too. Maybe it's Canadian. Look, it's got Robertson screws in the uh, in the fore end. <laughs> maybe it's Canadian. Uh, who's the manufacturer? Did you check it? Uh, the markings on it aren't clear huh. and it's hard to tell so no I don't really know who the manufacturer is because uh, let's see here we've probably got like a Lee Enfield expert like on the YouTube watching CB2 at you. on the serial on the wrist and that's it no year no like this is a mark whatever it's very blank of other markings on it and this goes up to eight like the rear sight aperture goes up to eight which i think some of the other ones will go a little bit further which is ridiculous uh oh yeah, I'll, I'll shoot 800 yards with that
1: right <laughs> and hit a city
2: <laughs> head, out to, head out to the range my range goes up to 800 and there's a buffalo steel target out there i'll just load this thing up and broop, all the way up to eight and make shots and i'll hit on the first shot right i would be interested to see if you get hit then <laughs> <laughs> maybe i'll try <laughs> So Are there a, any markings on the left side of the receiver? No, the left side of the receiver is not marked. Bear, uh, I just
1: I just googled that yeah. actually, and the first hit was uh, for uh, CB Lee Enfield was on uh, Long Branch. Maybe had a Long Branch.
2: Not here, but it should yeah. have more markings. Does the muzzle have bayonet lugs? Yes, the muzzle has bayonet lugs. It has multiple bayonet lugs. Like, wow, that's cool. I don't know. It's got like two on each side. <laughs> One bayonet, I think, is what they've uh not one on each side. That'd be cool. That would be awesome. Yeah. Uh yeah, so that came in the mail. I'm still waiting on ammo for it, so I won't get out to shoot it. I gotta go like some non gun parties this weekend. So I won't be able to uh to do much shooting. So uh but I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to before the charity match, right? Hmm. Have to.
1: And it is coming up. I'm leaving in a week. Coming up quick. Are you driving? I'm driving, yep. Yeah. Oh, you're a madman. You're 30, a madman. Assuming everything goes smoothly, it will be a 33 and a half hour drive. I was going to do it in two days, but uh, I have talked to some friends that have done the trip and they've given me some places to stop and I'm going to work out of Winnipeg for a few days while I'm on my way out as well. Hmm.
2: Yeah, cool. So yeah, yeah it'll be fun. I'm looking okay, forward think, to it. I think trying to do that all in a short stint would be uh, painful.
1: Yep. well i drove to new brunswick it was 14 and a half hours and one shot on the way out and it was 17 and a half on the way back thank you oh. appreciate oh. that
2: <laughs> yeah uh, I, th- uh, I think like people on the show have heard me complaining about like there's no ipsic matches within three hours and and here's dave driving 14 hours to new brunswick for a charity match oh man
0: well
1: i just decided i wanted to go stay with trevor and uh, his lovely bride so there
0: you go indeed, indeed. it was worth a drive
2: all right, let well, me we move on to uh, upcoming events. Uh, so one of the one and we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit later, because we're going to get Jason on the show, is uh, the charity match uh, that's going to be happening in Drumheller that Dave and I are talking about. Uh, tickets are still available for that, and tickets are available on Eventbrite. So just search there, and I think Jason's going to talk about some of the stuff we're going to be able to do there uh, when we get him on. Uh, I'm not talking about 3 gun news Uh, the first one that we have here is this Wolverine supplies they're doing an annual uh, morale patch promo for charity uh, they're trying to raise some money for charity with uh, with these morale patches uh, so when you purchase these I think you get the ability to uh, win some stuff yeah they've got uh from Daniel Defense a Daniel Defense Delta 5 308 that's a $2,900 rifle. Uh, they've got a Barrett Rec 7, uh, direct injection 5.56 NATO. That's a $2,600 rifle. Mm-hmm. They've got a, a <clears throat> Big Rock Sports CZ Supreme Field over and under 20 gauge. That's a $2,000 shotgun. They've got a Steiner Ranger Scope 3 to 12. That's a $1,500 scope. And oh. um, They've also got a Duria Mark 12. That's a $1,000 shotgun. So, uh, a lot of i think they might even have more stuff very nice yeah they got lots. so much stuff so much stuff if you want to help out uh, wolverine supplies raise money for the ccfr and ronald mcdonald's uh, houses head on over to wolverine uh this next one i just saw this this article coming up recently here h and k is in dire straits they're uh not doing well financially have you heard anything about this dave Oh, I think your audio just cut up there. Oh
1: I'm muted. There you go. i uh, I read about it a little bit, but um i I don't know a lot of details on it, but I'm not overly shocked.
2: They don't make it easy to buy their guns. I mean, not on the civilian market at least. I know that I know they focus primarily on military, um but yeah, they're not. Uh, uh, doing fantastic here. Uh, reports indicate that HK is now struggling to keep its head above water, with hopes that boosting sales in fiscal 2019 buys the company at least one more year to come out of the red and fix the situation that it is in. Uh, situation was so bad that just last month, HK employees jointly voted to increase weekly work hours without paid overtime, as well as nixing a one-off payment uh, for the month of July to provide their company some form, uh, form of relief. so That's
1: pretty awesome, by the way, that the employees would do that. Rather than just sink that, the
2: thing right into the ground. Yeah, it I is. I know a
1: lot of people that would just say, screw you guys, I want my money, mm-hmm. and whatever, hell hellbent for leather. So that's pretty cool that they're willing to do that. shows it's a company they like working for.
2: Yeah, and they're willing to you know make concessions to <laughs> allow the company to, to keep ticking. So, yeah, fairly neat. Uh, but it looks like, let's see here. Issues of liquidity uh, they are going to need a big bump in revenue or face bankruptcy
1: uh, so here as well they did get a uh, they did get two bridging loans from a major un- unnamed shareholder that uh, helped them otherwise they would have tanked in uh, 2018. so that's not a good sign.
2: Hmm. interesting.
1: I wonder if there's just more people out there making stuff or if they've priced themselves out of the market or what or exactly what is going on with them.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I like when I think about H and K Firearms, uh, the thing that comes to mind for me is just a lot more price than value on on a lot of them, right? Like their pistols are are right up way up there in pricing, and even like uh, some of the other uh, premier pistol manufacturers like CZ, um, you know, they've they're selling a a polymer striker fired pistol for five fifty right now, right? And uh, uh, you know, they make nicer pistols so it's like i think that uh that they're just relying too much on that premium or and maybe military uh, uh market and they're not uh, they're not seeing the business right now
1: yeah it could be i mean if they were selling more to civilians and made their stuff a little bit cheaper i mean i'd love a g36 but you know none of them well i mean there are some of them in canada but uh, wow i'm not uh, never pay that so
2: i don't know if i would buy a g36 like it would be restricted right Even if it wasn't like our, uh, you know, the funny thing that's happened like last year and this year is that our non-restricted AR options have gotten so good that uh, we're spoiled. Like you would have got a Tavor like three years ago. If you would have been looking for a non-restricted semi-auto, you would have got a a Tavor or a a T97 or maybe like the 223. Yeah, an XCR, that kind of thing. And uh, today you would uh, get a modern sporter for the same price or you'd get a SLR or you'd get, you know, lots of the other, uh, uh, different options out there. X, yeah. uh, stag 10, if you're into, uh, the 308, uh, platform. Yeah.
1: I just want one just because I want one. There's no mm. particular reason to have one, but it's just one of those sort of iconic guns that I want.
2: Yeah. So, no, I mean, yeah. like, I'm pretty sure the SL8 has some kits that make it look like the uh,
1: they kits, right? do. And I used to have an SL8, I sold it. Um, it's not quite the same, and it's very expensive to do it. I looked into it mm-hmm. and decided to sell the gun instead. So yeah. <laughs>
2: there you go. Yeah, the SL8s are kind of pricey for.
1: They are for what they are. Yeah. I mean, they're a nice gun. The machining's nice. There's no complaints about them. But we had guys come out to matches when the uh what's the 308 version of the 416 that thing come out to matches mm-hmm. and they're insanely expensive like that is a crazy ass expensive rifle and then the guy's complaining ah, i couldn't get any magazines they're too much i'm like how much he's like oh ah, they're about 200 bucks each <laughs> 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 no
2: yeah it hurts even more when our mags are limited like they are in Canada. So not only do you pay a lot, but they're they're also pinned. Some some caveman got after it with a, a drill and a and a, a two cent rivet. <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> so yeah, painful, painful.
2: All right. I want to move on to some new gun stuff. Uh this first one, I don't think I mentioned this last week. Uh so Troy and the 102 and the BCL. Have you heard anything about this, Dave?
1: I haven't heard anything about this one at all.
2: So Troy I wondered how it just popped out of nowhere like that. It's freaky. Found out. So at first I'm like, what? this is really weird. Why are they making the one Oh two NEA is licensing it to them. So NEA, uh, I finally, I finally found on a CGN thread NEA <laughs> licensed the one Oh two to BCL. And they're also going to license it to uh, Troy to make. So that's the connection. That's why Troy is, uh, is going to start cranking these things out because NEA has licensed the design to them so, so that they, uh, they can start building them. In fact, they're coming in as, they might be coming in as BCL-102s. I think that's one of the things I saw in that thread. Hmm. Or NEA-102s. Maybe it's coming, yeah, NEA-102 is the FRT that they're coming in under because that's the design, but they're manufactured solely by Troy.
1: Interesting. So I wonder if they'll actually work. Cause I know yeah. yours doesn't work. So
2: <laughs> what well, does now? No, it, it does. Oh, now. You fixed it, it? They've got me the parts that fixed it. So, uh, it took, uh, the gas rings, uh, the ejector, ejector springs, extractor, extractor spring. Like the, like they just sent me all the parts for a bolt and I put them all together and it works now. So oh, that's good. It does extract. Yep. I, I'm not quite sure what it was. I think like the ejector design, the gas rings were definitely, uh, very loose on, on the, uh, the bolt that, that as it came, um, and just slapping an all's all in there, just add it all up to, to making it run properly. So yeah. yeah, mine ones now. A
1: couple of the reviews I read about it when it first came out, we're talking about how it had crappy gas rings. So you got this $1,700 rifle with like garbage gas rings. So yeah. Awkward yeah. parts sabotages a $1,700 gun. So that's good that they, uh, that's good that they fixed it. That's very cool. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I still think like for, if you were going to make, if you are just going to buy it and do nothing to it, a good deal. If you're going to buy it and then, ah, actually you want one MOA accuracy or, ah, actually you want like a lighter four end, don't buy a BCL. Get a Stag 10 receiver set and build it from from the ground up because um, you know, the at least my BCL, I'm, I'm not really getting better than 2 MOA with it and uh, I kind of want better than 2 MOA.
1: The one that I hunted deer with this year, it was shooting about two to three with the hunting ammo I had in it, more closer to three. But a lot of that could just be me because you know, I don't shoot a whole lot. So I'm not like a super, super accurate shooter, but I was. You're not, a, it, you're not so. a
2: scrub shooter, though. I mean, you you do service rifle. You can you can shoot a rifle accurately.
1: Yeah, but I'm not. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't I don't know. It was so much the gun, but I would say two to 3 MOA on the one I was shooting.
2: Yeah, but that was with yeah. hunting
1: ammo too. So you know, it's
2: whatever. That that ammo would be punch- punching in at one MOA in a bolt gun and a bolt three hundred eight. Yeah, yeah. Anywho, that's the story on that one. Uh, the other, oh, the other one. I'm gonna I'm gonna share my screen here because I want to show you guys. Uh, that's the share screen option, and that's the screen I think I want to share and show you guys. Uh, Iron Guns is bringing in some Stag 10 rifles. These are built with some other stuff. So they've got like a Magpul uh, uh, stock and they've got a fax and barrel. So these are a little bit lighter than the standard Stag 10s. These are seven pounds, 11 ounces. Uh, and they're getting them in for 1390 US, which is, I calculated this, 1864 Canadian. So you can get a Stag rifle-ish because, like again, some of those parts aren't Stag. They're, they're something else. Um, pretty decently cheap i think
1: yeah that's not bad at all
2: yeah yeah they're uh they're getting pretty reasonable in terms of uh in terms of pricing and, and that would and, be uh, okay for a hunting rifle yeah yeah I, got I mean it's heavy right like if we're gonna talk real talk for like for hunting deer and that kind of thing you can get like a six pound hunting rifle is very normal for for a bolt gun uh so this is about you know two pounds heavier let's say
1: i fired a 308 uh, hunting rifle it was about that weight the other week and uh it was very unpleasant <laughs> yeah. i fired a lot of rounds yeah. out of it it was not fun i didn't like it
2: yeah no they're you know imagine one in, in like 30 out six or so or uh 300 wind mag or something like that right and you'll you really start getting the uh the recoil up there
1: yeah you know, my buddy explained that you fire one round to zero it and one round into the deer and go home so it's okay but yeah still
2: yeah yeah. Anyway, Stags bring in some cool. Uh, really cool stuff. Yep. Uh, the next one here is Specter Ballistics. They're uh, they're manufacturing a 1022 action that takes 597 mags, which is kind of interesting because our 1022s here in Canada can only hold 10 round mags because reasons. Uh, so now they're going to make one that holds that takes the 597s just right from the factory. These guys these are the same guys that made that 3D printed one that uh, that you can slot into a 1022 and makes it take 597 mags. This is just that with the oh, block. Okay. Oh, yeah. that's very cool. Interesting. Kind of like a, an amalgam of re- Remington mags and Ruger. gun.
1: <laughs> I like it.
2: Yeah. Um, they're having a contest where you can name it. So get on in there and give it some silly names.
1: Yeah. Some of the suggestions are pretty good.
2: Yes. Yes, they are. I like the kookier. <laughs> the <laughs> <cookie>. <laughs> Uh, if you're one of those people who has purchased an AR-15 stripped lower, and you need to make an AR-15, Iron Guns is bringing in AR-15 complete build kits at three sixteen US. This is going to be the cheapest way to build an AR-15 by far. Like I don't think there's th- I don't think there's another way to get cheaper than this. No, that's uh, that's very reasonable. Yeah. 300 for your upper, your BCG your like even the four, not even that bad. It's like one of them, uh, M lock ones there. Lightweight. I can't imagine like the, uh, trigger is going to be that fantastic. And it looks like the stock is just a standard A2 carbine stock. Right. But
1: whatever. Yeah. But for the money, it you gets your gun together. So whatever.
2: Yeah. yeah if you definitely. want just
1: a blasting rifle or just a rifle for, you know, just to have it together. That's uh, quite reasonable.
2: Very reasonable.
1: And hell, I bought my lower parts kit and the lower parts kit was a hundred bucks. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) you get up there pretty quick when you put your bolt carrier in there. Get
2: your, get your buffer kit and your, uh, spring and your buffer and your buffer tube. There goes another 60 to $80. And yeah, that 300 us gets up there pretty quick. Uh, Have you seen anything about this new naming contest they had for, for high points pistol? Uh, Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Of
1: course, you have. (laughs) I like that. The pitchforks
2: and torches. (laughs) That made me laugh. Uh, So, these days, if you run a naming contest on the internet, you better be ready for some really terrible joke ideas to win. (laughs) I'm
1: still upset that Bodie McBoatface didn't win.
2: Ah, yeah. uh, You see, once that happened. Yes, they betrayed everyone. But uh, enough uh, pressure has been put on High Point where. They start. To, they have to uh, start looking at this. So, uh, the Yeet Cannon Nine, <laughs> or the YC Nine, is uh, definitely got the lead right now, and uh, looks like they're going to go into some final phase of voting coming up here, where they're going to desperately try to get people to vote for a different name, and they're going to fail. <laughs> <laughs> uh
1: i don't know why they don't just leave it
2: that's funny they should and you know what the funny thing is so h and k was giving them grief about this they're you know, they're doing the the wendy's social media pressure uh game and they're they're putting pressure on them saying like hey you know you're in a naming contest you better get ready for the eat cannon uh but even uh, even other manufacturers have started uh playing off of it and starting to uh uh cash in on <laughs> on the hype so uh, Pal- uh psa or palmetto state armory they've got uh a yeet cannon uh air 15 <laughs> and uh take a take a look at the uh the different safety and that kind of thing one of one of them's the guy's got like his hands up his hands down and the other one he's doing a dab for for the full auto backlash, backlash 15 58. yeah nice. yeet cannon <laughs> nice. uh, very serious companies out there doing very serious uh gun company things Uh, See, I love
1: when people do stuff like that.
2: It's just, it's just
1: fricking funny.
2: Yeah. Like it's, it's just hilarious. Oh, you got to have fun with this stuff. Right. And,
1: uh, well, and why not? I mean, we'll throw stuff out there then just go, well, you know what? Fine. Just do it. Prove that you actually are cool. And that's part of the problem with modern society. And that's what got those the the British Oceanography guys nailed is because they're, look how hip and cool we are. And we're in with the young people and we're doing internet things. And, oh, my God, people didn't take it seriously. Oh, you guys suck. And, oh, this is serious. I'm like, well, now you look like old Mm fuddy-duddies.
2: So if
1: you're going to look young and cool, then, hey, you know, you got to roll with it
2: got to roll uh, you got to roll with it and and start a, a yeet cannon lower <laughs> based on your one of your competitors uh up <laughs> <at> the idea <laughs> yep uh, yeah uh and then finally uh, this last one so we talked about uh we talked about the unissued mosins uh last week so rangeview sports had some unissued mosin the Gaunts and it turns out they weren't unissued what? they were refurbs um so there's some people who are mighty pissed off on cgn right now uh i bet you if i go into red rifles i will find them complaining about it here no oh, they're not here right now anyways they were refurbs they weren't uh they weren't unissued uh so uh, it was a hundred dollar gun and they paid 6 I'd be yeah pissed. yeah yeah it was uh yeah they were like 550 and uh, they should be two, 260 in this yeah. day and age, somewhere around there. Yeah. yeah. So uh, if you ordered one of those, uh, get in contact with Rangeview Sports and figure out what to do. Right now, they're not, they're saying they're not going to do refunds or anything like that, but I think they have to because the, they weren't never issued rifles. They're all refurbished. <laughs> yeah. I would be
1: pissed. I mean, that's just, that's just, terrible for business. Come on, guys. So obviously somebody took them, but I'm
2: guessing they didn't spec them fully or... I think they were saying the exporter, this, the US exporter made a mistake and, uh, and listed them as that, but...
1: Uh, and then charged the appropriate price clearly. Otherwise, maybe they thought they were getting a sweet deal on unissued and ah, uh, damn it.
2: I mean, unissued would be really cool. Like, to get a Mosin that has okay. never been issued, never been fired before and is you know you're the first person to own it and fire it from from new that would be really cool um, i
1: would be very curious how accurate
2: they would actually be because most of them have been used
1: and abused a wee bit
2: well I, th- I think a lot of the the arsenal refinished ones or arsenal refurbished like their bores are okay um i'm just trying to think about like some of mine have been okay some of them have not been okay because uh, i think i've owned three yeah, I have yeah. three in my
1: safe and they're a mixture of meh to perf- pretty much perfect.
0: Like they look really good.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's, yeah, it's good variety between them. And I think that uh, it really depends on the refurb and just like what they found acceptable. Cause a lot of this stuff they, you know, basically after the world war, like, woo. Alright, for the next one, because <laughs> we're probably going to have another yeah. one in 20 years, let's take all these these crappy old bolt actions and let's grease them up and store them just in case. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Rearm and, everyone. And, and then uh, they fell. And they yeah, got hung the around. <laughs> Keep them around and grease. Give them to the rear guard and... Uh, yeah, until you start running out like uh, like we did with early Enfield's.
1: Yeah. I was thinking though, I wonder what it would cost if you actually fired up and you started making these things new. I wonder what they'd actually cost to manufacture new.
2: Oh, they'd probably be atrociously expensive. Like 1000 bucks? I guess it depends on what amount. quantity as well because they made millions of these things. Yeah. yeah, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure what they would cost cuz like some of the processes would be like how do you even make this thing these days? Like this is some, someone hand finished this tiny little part. Now what do you do for that? I guess you'd stamp it out of steel or, or put it in a CNC machine and have it do all the work. Right. Yeah.
1: That would be interesting to see, just try manufacturing one new, even machining it all and just see what it would actually cost to manufacture one.
2: Yeah. I know like one of the reasons why I really like the, the SKS platform is because they're like 200 bucks and you get a ton of uh, value for that. Right. It would cost way more than 200 bucks to make one of those these days.
1: Oh hell yeah. yeah. Except in China. Except in China.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, how's it going? Uh we can't hear. Not you. Not bad. Adriel, we how could... are you? Hi Dave. Oh there you go. Yep. Hello, Jason.
0: Well Hello.
2: We can hear almost you. Almost
0: home, so if you want to give me another two and a half minutes I'll be on I'll be on Wi Fi and then it'll be all good.
2: Perfect. Yeah. Sounds good. We'll do that then all right why don't we uh let's see here maybe just while we're waiting for jason we'll just check in on our youtube listener feedback uh let's see here uh, 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 i'm gonna go up to the top angel and random dave non-prohibited uh shadow Vera, you were asking about the wristband i had some serial numbers on the wristband i think i had mentioned them cb2 something or other there so, and then the rest of the serial number. So, I'm not sure beyond that. He's saying that that's the carbine site, but because I have the long barrel, it's going to be off. So, I won't be able to just dial it to eight. Maybe I'll have to dial it to nine or 11. Yeah. I wish I'm going to get like a paint pin. I'm going to put it to 11. Yeah. Always <laughs> set like go it to 11. Yeah. Oh, wait, to 11. yeah. Uh, let's see here. What else we got here? SL8 isn't the SL8 non-restricted? Jason, I'm just going to mute you while you're driving.
1: The SL8 is non-restricted, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. That's one of the cool things about it. Yep. Uh, Let's see. Stag 10 with IBI 6.5 Creedmoor barrel is the ticket to accuracy out of an auto. Jeremy, I like the way you think. That is exactly Mm -hmm. what I would do, is I would get a Stag 10, an IBI barrel, and 6.5 Creedmoor, of course. and yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, IBI very tasty Very tasty And I mean if you're going to get a barrel anyways okay, You're going to get a, a a barrel for your stag tan. You could get a $200 barrel Or you could get the $400 barrel And the $400 barrel Will be amazingly accurate And excellent And the $200 one might or might not I would go for the nice one
1: Right off the hop I would, too. I mean, if you're spending that much money on something, you know, why why would you buy yourself a Ferrari and then stick a Pinto engine in it? I mean, you're just yeah. going to cry later.
2: Yeah. I, I might cheap out on some of the other parts, but I'm not on the barrel. No. Not on the barrel. That's yeah. where you get your accuracy, out of those things. Yep. Uh, also, love um, the LMT stock. I am going to do the maple seed, Greg, in the uh, in the uh, the uh, charity shoot. Oh, there we go. Are you signed up for that? Yep. Sweet. Are you yep. bringing a rifle across the country to shoot it with? I am bringing a pile of guns across the country to shoot it with. Ah, okay. I was
1: actually going to shoot it with my pistol, but then mm. um, I think I might bring my single-shot Kui.
2: I could just I, I hear that's the one, thing
1: to two. shoot. Them. No, yeah. I, hear the, I hear the thing to shoot maple seeds with is a single-shot CUI,
0: mm.
1: And I, I know that uh, Kelly is maybe listening right now and screaming at her radio, or she'll scream at this later. So that'll be good. I'm gonna if, bring it. Up.
2: I mean, if, if, if you want to, if you want to really get the top score, use a a 4570 or something like that. A single shot 4570 <laughs> because they make the such holes. big holes. You're definitely gonna break the line. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, what I'm actually I'm debating whether I'm gonna shoot
1: it with this cold Canada AR because I do have that much ammunition sitting here right now, mm-hmm. and I'm a much better shot with that than I am with my 1022. So yeah, but it's like what 500 rounds? Mm, that's a lot of ammo
2: ammo. I don't yeah. Know. So do you really? have a 22 you're bringing out for it?
1: Uh, yeah, I got a 1022, but I am, um, I, I, I'm going to bring the, well, Kelly will listen to this, so she'll know my little joke, but I'm going to do it to the other instructors. I'm bringing the single shot.
2: <laughs> and just rolling <laughs> just, in
1: just to be just a lie. Yeah. Yeah. So,
2: uh, I'm going to need a lot more time. You guys, this 55 second thing, like, whoo, <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> If you can, do you have like a wristband that'll hold like ammo in it? So you you need to somebody with... to
1: just stand beside me and just drop ammo into the receiver while I work the bowl.
2: I'm yeah, gonna be
1: yeah. a I'm gonna be a crew served 20, 22 22 <laughs> single <laughs> shot.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna do this, but I need an assistant when it's the 55 second one. Okay. Yep. I will need a loader. A <laughs> loader can't just pull them out of your pocket. <laughs> That would be funny. You just pull the trigger. So get someone else to actually run the bolt and put it, put a bullet in there, and keep shooting. It <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Jeremy has a good
1: point. The $200 barrel turns into a $600 barrel when you end up buying an IBI eventually everywhere. Anyway, and that is what happens when people cheap out on guns or anything. It doesn't matter what you're doing. I bought some cheap power tools, and I have regretted it ever since. And I finally got a little bit of spare money the other day and bought some good power tools. And oh, my God, I'm so happy. Okay, yeah. but
2: what about $300 AliExpress end? I don't know if I'd pay three. Uh, uh, no, <laughs> they don't have
1: them. <laughs> they only got $30 yeah. ones. What about a $30 one? Uh, I, so for me, I would rather save my money for a little longer and get something decent. My dad had a saying, which I think is brilliant, which is only rich people can be cheap, can afford mm. to be cheap. Because if you buy cheap stuff, you just buy in more and more cheap stuff and eventually you find you've spent more more on your cheap stuff than you would have just buying the good stuff in the first place and not worrying about it. So I yeah. always tell people you buy the best quality that you can afford. So you know, don't don't run out and you know buy yourself a super high end five thousand dollar AR, but maybe rather than the six hundred dollar AR, you can afford an eight hundred dollar AR.
2: Or a five hundred dollar barrel and a thirty dollar forend. <laughs>
1: Uh DB mead. I'm really tempted to do as much of an AR build on AliExpress as I can. I would be interested to see just how cheap you could actually build an AR.
2: With I was talking like to a guy AI on parts. Tuesday and he got he got a, a muzzle break for $15 off wish.com. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and he was running it and it was steel. <laughs> yeah, that's uh that's incredibly cheap. So wow. I don't know if it works, it
1: works, but yeah. Okay, so for muzzle brake, yeah, whatever. It's a little steel tube, as long as it's lined up straight and you're not like cutting grooves through it, which I saw with one of my buddies.
2: Or if it loosens yeah. and comes off and goes yeah, range. I've seen that
1: too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, but that would be very interesting. You go ahead and do that, DB Mead. You you see how <laughs> cheap. Maybe we should have a contest. How is the cheap? How who can build the absolute cheapest AR that fires at least two shots?
2: And then go shoot a match with it. A really important match. Yeah, like a yeah.
1: like a level three. Yeah, Like a big. If three they gun existed.
2: Match. For, yeah. <laughs> Drive for, for twenty hours. Shoot a a match with it. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun. See if you can win enough money to buy a real gun. Yeah. Or win again at the match. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Jason, are you, uh, are you on your home internet? You'll have to unmute yourself. Cause I had to, I had to meet you while you're moving around there. We believe in you. You can, you can, can it. do it. Oh,
1: oh, no camera. He hit the wrong button. Nope. So close.
2: So close. Could have been, should have been almost nope. there. Hello, I'm Jason. Jason, are you there? Oh, he'll rejoin nope. us. He nope. is not.
1: Oh, <laughs> well, he kept hitting the wrong buttons and got himself off the internet.
2: Yep. Right off the internet. But uh, yeah, I mean, the only thing on it. A... Oh, sorry, Jason, go ahead.
0: Oh, no, I just tried to unmute and I uh, hung up. So I had to join the call again. How there we go. How's Adriel? Off the road and on to Wi-Fi. There we and go. Welcome
2: back. We're talking about uh, cheap guns, cheap accessories on guns, Robertson screws on rifles, that kind of thing. How about you?
0: I hate Matthew, too. <laughs> oh, poor Matthew. He's cute. <laughs> he got a free AR. It's not right. <laughs> well, it didn't work right,
1: did it? <laughs> it was still free. Maybe there was a reason it was free.
0: <laughs> what did that you was say, pretty cool. What did you say about, you know, you have to be rich to be cheap? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Kind of, right?
1: Yeah, that was my dad. Yeah, only rich people can afford to buy cheap stuff.
2: I will agree with you when it comes to pistols, because I think I've owned, like, Five different co- pistols I've used in competition and I should have just got one of these guys off the hop and I would have been done.
0: Oh, I have a terrible story about a CZ-75, a CZ right? Yeah, a Shadow. So I, I made a deal with one of my customers at work who uh, had been instructed by she who will not be named but must be obeyed that it was time to get rid of all the guns out of the house and he didn't want to but we made a deal where I could get his CZ-858 and his CZ-75 Shadow for a thousand bucks. And then he couldn't find the paperwork. And, be- <laughs> and before he found the paperwork, he lost the wife. And and now I didn't get, I got the rifle, but not the handgun.
2: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> got to be Johnny nice. on the spot.
0: Oh, he, I wasn't willing to take the, take it without the paperwork. And, uh, and uh, yeah, the, the, the fight got worse and worse and worse at home. And eventually he got to keep his handgun, but said to get a new wife. A terrible option to
2: take. So Jason uh, <laughs> tell expensive. us <laughs> yeah we've uh, we've been teasing out some details about the charity match uh, in John Heller here but uh, you're kind of at the center of the organization on this thing so why't you uh, why don't you tell us our listeners uh, kind of what they can expect and uh, and what we've got in store for them for this thing
0: well we're gonna have to stop calling it a match because the original intention was to be make the most intense um, hard-fought competition I'd ever been part of and then when it came down to being at the Drumheller range and they don't allow shotguns at that particular range to do some just landowner uh, restrictions, I figured, well, if no shotguns, I'm not going to be competing in anything. So it's just going to be a fun shoot now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you have uh, twisted it to your, uh, your advantage.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> listen, when you're the only one twisting, there's no sense doing it any other way. Yeah. <laughs> um, so actually, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to start... Um, with a eight o'clock is the official start. It's going to be pretty uh, casual. There's going to be a safety briefing for everybody that's there at eight o'clock, and then a rolling safety briefing um, for anybody that shows up during the day. It's not a real big structure to the day because because of a the nature of the range and b the first time we've done this kind of thing in Alberta, and and the fact that nobody actually lives right close to the range to make it super simple. We just made it a participatory thing. We encouraged the range to spread the word to all the members of the community to come out and do it because it's such a meaningful charity that we're raising money for within the uh, the Southern Alberta region. So the, what it's going to be is there's going to be uh, no moving forward of the firing line at the rifle range. It's all going to be self-healing targets from at 25, 50, and 100 yards. Mm-hmm. And then at 200 and 300 yards, we've got steel targets. Now, um, everybody pays to come, pays to play. So we're not, there's going to be no extra charge uh, for to shoot your own rifles or anything or you want to shoot uh, at 25, 50, and 100 yards. If you want to shoot your own rifles just for the fun of shooting them at the steel targets, no problem. If you want your time recorded at two and 300 yards, then it's going to be, here's the contest. Here's where everybody gets to compete. And I haven't figured out the exact math on how to award the prize because it's a pretty fancy prize. Um, the fastest person to get five shots on the four inch flapper in the silhouette target at 200 and 300 yards. We'll run the same type of competition at both. Um, to have your time recorded, you got to put a tuning in the bucket before you start. Now, if you want to get a better target or a better time, just put another tuning in the bucket and try again. Mm-hmm. You have to do a mandatory mag change because guys like me um, have a four uh, round magazine and they're in their bolt action rifle and the bolts and are run together. Uh, realistically, I expect, um, probably a bolt gun's going to win it with a real smooth action because a guy with a semi is going to go too fast and miss the, miss the flapper. So, uh, I'm not sure if it's properly called a heart attack target, but I was told that's what it is. So it's got a four inch, uh, flapper in the middle that we're going to have it as a contrasting color. You have to put all five rounds to hit the flapper. So if you get one that just outside of the flapper, two and three hundred yards, you should be able to hit a four inch target. I would expect with most rifles, Um, then you have to hit all five on the flapper for it to count. And, uh, we'll do some funky math between caliber and time. So the bigger the caliber might be a little bit better because it's handicap. And, uh, we'll have a prize at the end of the day for that. All the prizes are going to be awarded at the banquet in the evening. So if you're not so far, as far as I know, everybody who's coming to the event is coming to the banquet where we'll have silent auction and live auction and raffles, such stuff as well in the pistol event. Now here's kind of kind of exciting that we uh, while we're at the CCFR AGM, the guys from Alberta Tactical Rifle decided, hey, why don't we bring some fancy stuff to the to the charity shoot? And I said, there's no reason not to bring fancy stuff. But what have you got in mind? And they have a prop department attached to their um, to their company, which I didn't know until the day. So they're going to bring out some prohibs now. We've been lobbying the CFO to get full carte blanche, anything they can, Pro-Hip. So it's not off the table yet, but we don't have permission for anything full auto at this point. Uh, but any 12-6 shorthand guns um, are going to be brought. And you're going to be, you have to sign a uh, release that you can be videotaped because it's part of the filming, which us the permission to have them shot. And we're going to do a Know Your Limits. So uh, in the one pistol bay, we'll have it targets at you'll stand on the 15 yards from the, from the berm mm-hmm. uh, targets at five, 10 and at the berm. And you'll have to, there'll be eight, uh, hang on a second, five, 10, will be six targets. You've got to shoot all six of the flapjacks. So that way you don't have to go down and mark, you don't know, have to tape targets or mark them. You'll see them flap in the wind. You have to hit six with eight shots. So you don't have to be hundred percent accurate, but you have to hit all six. And then we'll do some sort of funky math there too, with caliber, short of barrel, etc et or just your time. own handgun just yeah. go time yeah yeah Time be on, on hits if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna shoot uh if you're gonna shoot a two inch 357 magnum or something similar that uh, might be a little harder to control at 15 yards than your um compensated 22 with a red dot you know it, we'll, we'll do some sort of math <laughs> there you made that choice <laughs> but the good news is is atrs is going to be there they're going to they're going to handle it and run it. They'll be supplying the ammunition. It's a pretty important thing that if you're going to shoot their guns, you have to shoot their ammunition. They have promised they're just going to be uh, very, very reasonable in their pricing on their ammunition. So uh, it can't be no shooting your ammunition in their guns. I mm-hmm. believe they're bringing several of their modern hunter, modern sporter, uh, modern varminter, and I'm not sure what other models they have off the top of my head, but they're going to bring a, a, a selection, part of their sponsorship, of course, is that you know they would like you to make a commitment to buy one of their rifles on the way home, which would be a fantastic thing to do. And then Trevor's obviously volunteered his, uh, his time and talent to teach people who uh, have never shot ipsic how to do an El Presidente drill, which would be unholstered off a, off a barrel start because we don't know anybody's uh, specific pistol experience. So we'll do a barrel start at El Presidente. And just because I like to twist them a little bit, and Trevor's such an important figure, in the Ipsic community, uh, we're going to use IDPA targets. <laughs> and those are already, <laughs> I just figured it'd be fun, right? Now, that's the fun. That's the shoot. There will be lunch uh, supplied by the uh, the volunteers for the BCABA. They're going to bring a barbecue, and they're going to be, uh, as far as you know, hot dogs and hamburgers and drinks and chips and such, at the range for lunch. Following the day's shooting, uh, we're going to go to the Rosedale Hall, which is just a couple of miles up the road. And Rosedale Hall is also. We're going to have the Stop the Bleed course. Uh, Gavin from um, that other podcast that we've never—I don't know what the name is—Ragnarok Tech, Ragnarok Canadian Patriot yeah. podcast. No, uh, yeah, the other. Don't we just call it the other podcart? <laughs> he's going to be putting on the the Stop the Bleed course, and we do appreciate that because he's going to be um, uh, contributing to the donation to uh, to the charity at the end of that as well. So that's going to be awesome. There'll be morning and afternoon yeah. classes there. Cocktails scheduled to start five ish, uh, dinner five thirty six ish. And, uh, we'll have our live auction, silent auction and raffles and prize givings throughout the evening. And the plan right now, I have to do a little bit more homework and I should have it all tied up tomorrow, um, is having a live podcast event there. So we'll have some recording equipment. We'll have some microphones. We'll have some podcast hosts, uh, quite possibly some rum, rye, whiskey, vodka, and beer. And uh, the guns will all be put away by that time. So we have the hall until Sunday morning. So it could be a very long podcast. And uh, yeah, that's, that's the event. Now there is, I just secured today and hopefully pick it up either tomorrow or Sunday uh, is the prize for the most important competition. So of course we're going to have podcasters choice awards. So each of the podcasters present will be able to, to provide an award for somebody who has done something that is worth remembering and we're going to memorialize that with a small trophy. And then uh, we have uh, the McClatchy Award, which will be presented. Um, and that will be quite possibly to the person who puts the most toonies in the bucket to have the most scores recorded and just can't quite beat me. Because <laughs> I'm not expecting to uh, do very well at that kind of thing because I'll be busy running around. <laughs> I do want to try. <laughs> so if you, it, to be fair, the McClatchy Award is going to be, at this point, unless somebody has a much better idea, is going to be whoever tries the hardest to get the best time, but just can't quite get it. Um, that's kind of what we think for the McClatchy Award because it's based on accuracy or lack thereof. And uh, we do have a very special prize for he who most eats the most pig. Now we did we did start off saying this is a pig roast pig in the ground. We had to change it. It's pig on a spit. It's a pig on a spit.
2: Nice. Now I didn't yep. I don't really see the allure of the, the Hawaiian like picking the ground thing either. I like I like a spit. I, I've had them both and um, I'd like to have both again. <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> at the same event. Some that sounds like don't a hell of them. Them. <laughs> Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah some dirt pig
2: or air pig. Right. Spiral pig.
0: Still good. That, so yeah, so we have a, a very special prize for that. Um, it's uh, I will keep it secret until the day. And yeah, it's I'm looking forward to more than anything, people from within the local community coming together to meet people from far and away who are part of a like-minded frame of mind, supporting what I think to be a grossly underfunded very worthwhile charity which is the big country anti-violence association and the local humane society like the humane society is tied to many events that the range does and then they mm-hmm. requested that we split it and they've been so accommodating with everything that we've asked for um then I, I i there was no way to say no and the and the donation of the big country anti-violence association is a little self-serving like I really, really, really would like to support them, give them a monstrous check, with everybody saying, "Hey, you! This is the gun people doing gun things, doing good things with good people."
2: Oh, you And up and
0: and let's capitalize on this the best we can. Yeah, yeah did you get me, or did I have to yeah, say that yeah. again?
2: No, we uh, we we got the the gist of it there. Yeah, I mean, I think that. Uh, I think that firearms matches being charity events is a is a fantastic thing because it's uh, it's a way that we help out the community. I think when you when you look at a lot of the uh, the county issues that uh, and zoning issues that we have and and uh, visibility issues, I think a lot of it can be solved by uh, engaging in our community and 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 raising money. I mean, uh, this is fantastic that we're we're going to be helping this uh, these two really. Uh, great charities, and uh, and that they're really engaged, and and they're uh, they're helping out with with the the match as well. So I think it's fantastic.
0: I'm just happy we were able to bring it to Alberta. Like I I I kind of wish we'd we'd had a bigger team and a closer range that we had more people close together doing it. But mm-hmm. the the group effort from right across Canada has been actually um, again hate to to mention another podcast while we're on this podcast, but uh, Thomas from the New Shooter Canada came through with some pretty substantial donations. We've got at least four guns. Um, I, I hope there's a couple more that are, you know, still in negotiation in the works, but uh-huh. uh, there's two handguns and two shotguns, which I think is funny because you can't shoot shotguns at that particular range, but it's all right. There'll be a, they will be in <laughs> <able laughs> <to laughs> <be a laughs> afterwards. You still game, win right? one. That's right. You still go home with one. Uh, so, so that's, it, yeah, like there's a I've got um, you know a box of clay targets, gun case from Cabela's, holster, two separate holster kits, um, the and we've had great support too from multiple people. You know, it, it was a little slow getting it up and getting it started, but the promotion on Facebook with all of the donations, having their separate listings, and it's it's been a big team effort from all across Alberta and across Canada. So it's been really really exciting to be part of it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think um, when I've been watching the the page as well, there, I think that one of the, the one of the things that's been nice is the different CCFRFOS stepping up and and helping out uh, in each their own different way, whether it be uh, uh, helping to promote or helping to put together a poster or helping reach out to some different businesses. It's been uh, it's been really great that uh, a lot of people have been helping out. And I, you, Jason, because you've been doing there. all the work. <laughs> 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 not all the work, but the, most the, of the work. Most of the work. Just
0: just the stuff that's on the ground. I like get it, it's pretty important that because because of my work and, and what I do for a living, I, I I am involved with a lot of fundraising activities. So it's really hard, um, well, it's not hard and impossible for me to go and actually solicit donations from people because I'm involved with so much fundraising throughout the year. To have other people do that. The operational side, you know. Worst case scenario, at the end of it, we were going to have a bunch of guys get together and shoot some targets, eat some pig. Like That's the worst it could possibly be. Um, now, to make it better, more people, more money, bigger donation. But we're still going to have a bunch of people get together and shoot some guns and eat some pig. Oh, and some corn on the cob and some other salads, but mostly pig. <laughs> salads? Come on, who needs that? We uh, don't make friends with
1: salad, but they are delicious. So I will be there for the salad and the pig. <laughs> not necessarily in that
2: order. Awesome,
0: but Uh, it's been a yeah. Go ahead, yeah. Start. Go ahead. No, I was going to say it's just it's been it's been such a an interesting thing to do. I I really do expect actually this range to do it on an annual basis. Um, You know, not necessarily a podcasters charity shoot, but the Drumheller District Shooters Association runs multiple community outreach events throughout the year, from ladies' days to community days to to bring your kids out. And uh, big hats off to them too for. Uh, being able to host it and willing to host it and make accommodations that make it work.
1: That's fantastic. Yeah. All that stuff. I mean, as a, as a community, that's the stuff that'll keep us alive when the politicians come after us. And it's just the right stuff to do. I mean, if you can help people out, then you have an obligation to do it. So this is wonderful.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So I've been telling Jason, uh, people, Jason to, uh, head on over to Eventbrite and search for the Podcasters Charity Shoot there, and it pops right up for me when I search for it. I don't know if that's because I bought my tickets already, but uh, uh, for everyone else out there, yeah, if you want to uh, check it out, go on over to uh, Eventbrite, get your tickets there, uh, or find the uh, Facebook page as well where there's uh, a lot of action going on there.
0: And please don't hesitate to reach out um, jason.philp at firearmrights.ca if you have any questions. I've got a few people that are mailing me some guns that I'm uh, going to be babysitting. I'm not exactly sure how it's all going to work. My family is going to be camping in the Drumheller Valley after Canada Day. But uh, that's another thing, too. Bring your family, even if they're not shooting. Like The Drumheller Valley has a ton of stuff to do, from the Dinosaur Museum to the hoodoos to the the coal mine, the the coal fantastic. There is a ton of stuff to do in Drumheller. Come for Canada Day, stay for the week, stay for the charity shoot.
2: Yeah, exactly. Knew, that's uh, what I'm That's what I'm doing is I'm, I'm hauling the family out and I'm going to leave them to go look at some dinosaur bones or go to the coal thing. The coal thing is pretty cool. Anyways, there's a bunch of stuff to do in Drumheller other than shooting.
1: I'm going to hang around for a couple of days afterwards and just see what's up. I saw the hoodoos and I'm like, yeah, I want to go hike up those.
2: Yeah, it's perfect for that kind of stuff. Yeah. Awesome.
0: And, uh, and it, still trying to lo- I'm still trying to get a go for field for Sunday, but I, around my house, nothing. A little east where Drumheller is. There are gophers, but I haven't got anybody's permission yet. We're, sh- we're still working on it.
2: Mm, still working on the gophers. Well, uh, you've done a lot, Jason. So I just wanted to say thank you again for helping to put to put this together. And uh, see you in a couple weeks. I'll be awesome. there. Thanks. Woo! And. On the rest of the show. All right. Uh, thanks again to Jason Philp for coming on. Uh, I just wanted uh, one more thing I wanted to mention uh, for the listeners of the show. If you know a company who'd want to help sponsor that out, uh, please reach out to Jason. That's Jason.Philp at firearmsright.ca or uh, hit us up on Facebook and we'll get him in touch with you. Uh, let's head on to listener feedback. Uh, let's see here. We've got a couple of different emails here. Uh, Dave, do you have the show notes open? I do. Oh, that means you're going to read some of them.
1: i some of them are so long, I'm not reading
2: that. <laughs> <laughs> Listener Feedback is sponsored by Armory DC Gunsmith. Armory DC Gunsmith is a full-service gunsmith who specializes in firearms refinishing. He offers hot bluing, parkerizing, and Cerakote finishes, as well as wood refinishing. Check out his online inventory of new and used guns, firearms accessories, optics, and more at dcgunsmith.ca. And right now, Trevor is saying that all in-stock Browning and Winchesters are on sale, everything between 20 and 25% off MSRP.
1: And despite the fact that Trevor hangs around with him, he's also like a super, super nice guy. Chatted with him in the last charity shoot. He is he is an awesome dude.
2: Yeah. Uh, do you want to take this first one from Evan?
1: Oh, the short one? Sure. I'll take that one. You're nice from evan hey guys first off i love the show thanks for everything you do in podcast and guns Ah, oh, you're welcome i listened to the show about crps and looked into it a bit more i'm looking at the getting into i'm looking at getting a rifle to get started i currently have a 22 but it's a single shot is it a single shot CUI because that's what you should have <laughs> i'm looking for suggestions on a rifle i wonder if anybody showed up at a, at a uh, crps with a single shot CUI because i was tempted to do that as well
2: just uh, you know what with for crps sides. it's not i don't think it's that well, there's only there's a, a couple stages where it might be a, a disadvantage the uh mad minute where you have to reload and fire a whole bunch it'd be a disadvantage but i think a lot of the other ones it's not a huge disadvantage because like mm-hmm. time isn't the critical factor it's making the shot
1: so my mm-hmm. iron sight mm-hmm. cooey.
2: You're good to go for crps yeah.
1: okay i'll try it uh i get a bit obsessive over details and research so much that i never, i never make a decision what would be the what would the experts recommend for a rifle and optics thanks again evan
2: hmm. well he didn't give a price range so voodoo v22 mm-hmm. uh what would you top it with dave
1: Oh, I don't even remember what Bolivar won. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Maybe like a, a Night Force or oh, something. Some some yeah, or a Vortex Razor HD2 or a Night Force something or other. Maybe a Calis or, uh, you know, something expensive.
1: Something terribly, terribly pricey. Yeah,
2: yeah, whatever you can to make that rifle, like right around six grand. Yeah. Because there's
1: nothing like it, nothing like rolling in with a six thousand dollar
2: twenty-two. And no experience. Yeah. Don't like don't practice at all with that stuff. No. Just bring it in. Had probably to probably not it even it throw
1: in. the optic. Just just like put the optic on on the line. I've got some
2: shoot. Winchester five five five. I just gotta like <laughs> try it out here. No. OK, well, OK, there's got to be some more pragmatic choices for him. What, what would your choice be for a value price 22 in optic? I don't know on optics
1: because I'm looking at that right now. I have no mm-hmm. idea. I'm shooting. A, I'm not shooting CRPS, but my competition 22 is a crappy 1022 with a 1980s optic strapped onto it. Don't have turret adjustable. So I got my dime out rolling the, uh, rolling the optics up. It's pretty nasty, but it works.
2: The Cabela's Covenant scopes go on sale every once in a while for like $2.99. That would be what I would go for. The adjustments on them are good. They've got a reticle in them that's Christmas tree. Um, You don't need a coin. That is an advantage. Yeah. A disadvantage to them, the turrets, like as you turn them out, they don't have the marks that show, like witness how far up you've turned or how far down you've turned. So you have to remember that stuff.
1: Oh, interesting. Okay.
2: Uh, most scopes are like that. Only when you get into the upper end, do they have those lines and does the turret actually move? Otherwise the turret just stays in position as you spin it.
1: Yeah. I don't think I've ever shot anything far enough. I actually had my, my optic adjusted high enough to notice that.
2: It makes a bit difference in CRPS when you have to go like 40 M away one way, and you've got to like take your, take your yeah, optic and like, okay, yeah, there's your zero. And oh, now I got to go. Okay. There's 15 and 30 and 35, right? But now, oh, did I have it set it in for 300 or 200? Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Now what do you do? Yeah. Well, all the way back down to zero. Yeah, all the way back down to zero. So down to mechanical zero. And then hopefully you know how to dial up from there, right? And that's what happened if you lose yourself on this. But if you had one of those ones with little lines on there, you'd be able to tell. Yeah, uh, but that's not the value price choice. Yeah. Or sorry, that uh, yeah, the value priced one would be the Campbell's uh, Covenant, I think, for two ninety nine. Yeah, I would I would recommend buying the best
1: thing, the 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 best that you can afford and that you want to spend the money on. And I would go on Gun Nuts, take it with a grain of salt, but throw that question on there and prepare for the avalanche. Mm.
2: And these like matches. Project Project Maple Seed or CRPS, yeah. they both have Facebook pages. I would just ask there.
1: Yeah. And the other thing you can do is you can go out to matches and see what people use and what mm-hmm. they like, because I have never met a gunny who isn't like, oh, you want to check out my gun? You want me to talk about it? Well, let me tell you everything about it. Do you want to shoot it? No problem. Get on the line. <laughs> so we're all like that yeah. with our toys. So
2: I mean, in terms of popularity at the CRPS matches, the Savage Mark IIs are really popular. There's your $250 choice uh some people do shoot 1022s and that kind of thing and I, I mean you can get enough accuracy out of one of those to to still be competitive in this kind of thing uh in the non-production area they have the uh cz 455s and 457s those are pretty popular and they're pretty accurate the tk t1x i think is uh another one to take a look at uh yeah I'll look at those i'm not sure on upper end optics i mean this vortex um uh back tactical that i have here is right around 500 dollars, uh, but i haven't had it all to the range yet to compare it with my Cabela's covenant to see like um you know where the optical it's probably difference in optics on that right
1: uh, i would be much much clearer
2: yeah yeah but uh well that's as far as i would go i mean if 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 you want like if see, just seeing that he only has a, a single shot 22 right now perhaps the right option is the that savage mark II or the uh Uh, the uh, 455CZ, but uh, somewhere in there, yeah. Yeah,
1: One thing I would say is, unless you're absolutely 100% sure you're going to be getting into this heavy duty, don't blow a ton of money on gear, because it's, I I see people come out to some of our matches, like, like I said, I don't do CRPS, but some of our matches, guys will come out who have really never done it much but they sort of came mm-hmm. out once heard about it, and they're like, oh my God, I'm mortgaging my house this is my life and then six months later you don't see them again or they come out like once in a while. so don't don't blow an enormous amount of money but
2: you know spend spend what you
1: can afford get what you get what you can afford
2: on the specialty gear right Because I think like the yeah. nice thing is, like if you were to get a good scope with good turrets that tracked well, you could probably use it on something else. Like if, if you if you don't want to do CRPS anymore and you wanted to move on from it, you you could probably use that scope somewhere else. Uh the twenty two, yeah, I think most like most good bolt action or semi auto twenty twos are pretty uh utilitarian. You could probably use those for other things. Maybe on like don't go don't go crazy and get like a two hundred dollar bipod right off the hop. Like don't yeah. don't go get like an atlas just just for the sake of it, right? Hmm. Yeah.
1: Unless it makes you look a lot better,
2: in which case, you know, whatever. Well, it makes it shoot better, definitely. <laughs> yeah, Cool. All right. Uh, moving on. Uh, this next one's from Spencer. I never thought I'd have to prompt Trevor to talk about a new gun he bought, but I'd love to hear more about his new 4570 lever action and what he's going to be doing with it. Um, I believe we've established that it's cowboy action, right? He's doing I with this 45 don't 70? know what else you would do with it. Yes, I think just 45. Just, Groundhogs? Mm, Groundhogs in uh, period correct gear for cowboy of action. Of yeah. course. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see here. Spencer continues. From what I've seen, there's basically three generations of Marlins. First, there's the old JM stamped guns made pre-Remington. Then there's the hated Remlins that date from after Remington bought them until around 2014 or so. Finally, there's the new Marlins from 2014 or so, after they scrapped the old blueprints and machines and started over from scratch. I have a couple of JM guns, and they're really nice rifles. I almost had a Remlin in 357 Magnum, and it was a total piece of crap. I struggled with that gun for about a year, replacing broken parts and cleaning up manufacturing flaws before I finally sold it, having done all the work the factory should have done in the first place. Around 2016, I bought one of the new Marlins in 45 Colt. Since they were basically giving them away post Trump. They started off with the new 44 Magnums first, moved on to the 45s, Colt and 70, and are now shipping the 30 cal guns. I'm guessing this is what Trevor got. The new Marlins aren't as nice as some of the old JMs when it comes to fit and finish, especially for the stocks. However, they seem to be solid guns, well built and mechanically sound, even if they don't have quite the same attention to detail as the old JM guns did. That being said, I'm kind of curious on what generation Trevor got and what he's going to be doing with a 4570. As Adriel mentioned last week, it's definitely a cowboy gun in that it was used as a buffalo cartridge back in the day. I think Marlin was one of the uh, few old lever guns that could handle it as well. Although I'd have to go back through some of the old forgotten weapons videos to check on that. A lot of folks in Georgia hunt everything from deer to bears with them since that big heavy bullet makes them perfect for cutting through heavy brush that we have in most of the northern part of the state. I have a JM guide gun picked up years ago in that caliber, and it's a thumper. Way too much recoil and cost to just use at the range, but I could see having it with you if you were facing a pissed off bear. Anyway, Doc Weston would be proud of uh, Trevor for finally embracing his inner cowboy. Hopefully he'll let us know when he picks up a single action army. Uh, the Uberty clones are actually pretty nice. So we'll know the transition from tactical Trevor to FUD for lot is finally complete. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Sort of. I, I'm betting he'll have a cowboy pistol within a year. Best wishes to all, Spencer and Smyrna. <laughs> P.S. I was trying to think think of some good cowboy action names for Trevor to use when he gets his pistol and the rest of his cowboy gear set up. They usually seem to be three parts with a name, a description, and some kind of attitude like being mean or evil. At first, I was thinking about the teacher thing. He could be mean teacher Trev, or if he was in a leg shaving phase, mean school marm furlot. I don't think they actually had real insulation back then, but they did use hay for the tasks. So maybe evil hay bale furlot. I'm sure there's lots of folks out there that can think of some better ones, but I just wanted to get the ball rolling. And that's from Spencer. <laughs> uh, Dave, did you want to take the next one? Dave, Dave, are you here, man? Dave, is it just me talking by myself? Pretty much. Okay, good. I'm glad. I'm, glad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back. Sorry. <laughs> did you want to take the next one from uh, Edmund here?
1: Yeah, sure. From Edmund regarding Trevor's cowboy alias. Seeing as Trevor is Harry and Surly, I suggest he be named Grizzly for Lot. I was thinking of with like Harry Surly Trevor, but Grizzly for Lot's fun. <laughs> I think he would be, look swell in a 10-gallon hat, snakeskin boots, and a large belt buckle, Edmund. And, like, no pants or a, a shirt. <laughs> like, just the snakeskin boots, a buckle, and a 10-gallon hat.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is wrong of, with you? What kind of fantasy is this?
1: <laughs> I don't
2: I'm not sure we should be reading this on here. This is no longer family-friendly. We'll just bleep all that. Just take it all out. No, I want them Too lazy. Lacey. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully he wears at least a uh, cup <laughs> I wonder do we have any graphic design People who follow the show who would be able to Like mock up what this potentially could look like That'd be really interesting
1: We could ask Gavin to do it he might
2: do Oh yeah he's handy with the with the photoshop yeah. yeah yeah Hmm it needs to be done <laughs> uh, If you'd like to email in some uh, Cowboy name suggestions For Trevor send your suggestions In to slamfireradio at Gmail.com
1: or if you're a cartoonist and you would like to submit some drawings of what Trevor might look like wearing only a ten-gallon hat, snakeskin boots, and a large belt buckle, you may do that as well. <laughs> please, keep, keep please, it to yourself. <laughs> please, uh, please include "Do not look at this or open the attachments" on the subject line. Thank
2: For you. your eyes only. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. I don't know. Uh, podcast app reviews. Uh, we don't have any app reviews this week, but if you wanted to review us on iTunes or one of those kind of things, head on over to iTunes or whatever podcast app you use and uh, give us a review it usually helps with uh, people finding the show and uh, knowing about it. Uh, we don't have any new Patreon supporters this week, but if you'd like to help support the show, head on over to patreon.com slash slam radio, and you can help us there. Uh, shout outs. Do you have any shout outs, Dave? Thank
1: you to uh, Lori and Adam for being my, uh, my chauffeurs for the, uh, the GAT show. I really appreciated that.
2: Very nice of them. Uh, Finally, join one or more of our National Firearms Associations, such as the CCFR. Like us on Facebook, and uh, we'll see you next week.
1: Uh, Have a uh, great week, guys, and uh, thank you for the invite, Adrian. No problem.
0: So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over.
1: Time to get a gun